Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. At the UPS Store, we know things can get busy this upcoming holiday. You can count on us to be open and ready to help with any packing and shipping or anything else you might need. Is there anything you can't do? Um, actually, I don't have a good singing voice. <clears throat> the UPS... Nope. But our certified packing experts can pack and ship just about anything. At least that's good. The UPS Store. Be unstoppable. Most locations are independently owned. Product, services, pricing, and hours of operation may vary. See center for details. Come in today to get your holiday goodies there on time. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello, you're listening to the BBC Good Food Christmas podcast with me, Tom Kerridge. Hello, I'm Orlando Murrin and welcome to this very special episode of the BBC Good Food podcast at Christmas. Over the years, we've had so much fun celebrating Christmas together on the podcast with Tom Kerridge. In this episode, we take a look back at some of our favourite moments, from festive traditions to Tom's handy tips for the big day. First up, Tom's undying love for sprouts. Sprouts are the best. <laughs> I just have sprouts for Christmas lunch. No turkey. No, no grapes, turkey. No, no, no roast potatoes, just sprouts. But everyone on this list, they can send them all to you. Yeah, it definitely, yeah. <laughs> Brussels sprouts. Anyone listening, by all means, tune out if you're a Brussels sprouts hater, but we're going to try and turn you to Brussels sprouts. I know that you're a fan. I'm a fan. So what can we do uh, either to further charm people who love Brussels sprouts or, or change the minds of people who don't like them? So listen, the best way of doing Brussels sprouts for me is always either cutting them in half or cutting them into quarters, quite small, and then cook them in a wok. Okay, so rather than boiling them, don't do them in boiling water. Don't don't blanch them. Don't cook them like cabbages. Or, or what you want to do is get a wok with some uh, oil in it, some butter. And then if you can do it for a number of ways, there's two different flavorings that I like to get in. Chestnuts I'll always use in, you know, the vac pack cooked chestnuts. That's fine. You crumble them. In, but you can put pancetta into the wok and fry that and then add the sprouts or chorizo. Chorizo works really, really nicely in it. So if you put chorizo, get that nice and crispy, let the fat come out, then throw in the sprouts and you cook them. You're almost like stir frying them. And the heat... So, and the so natural... to- tossing them in the, in the pan. Exactly. How hot is the pan? It's, it's hot. It's hot. Yeah, so yeah, it's yeah. proper wok hot. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, but then the seasoning, the salt process, the cure from the pancetta or, or the chorizo is a, is a salt, which then will draw the moisture from the leaves of the sprouts. So they almost steam. Like stir-frying is actually steaming. It's a quick way of quick steaming vegetables, the movement, the steam. And you do that, and that way they'll keep the sprouts really nice and green, really nice and crisp, and, and, and they're absolutely outstanding. And then finish them with chestnuts or some smoked almonds. You know, you can get those lovely smoked almonds from... Spanish delicatessens that you could just crumble up or chop up and put them on the top. Absolutely fantastic. It's a great way of cooking sprouts. It's not just that. I mean, it's quite splitting and divisive in this country. Isn't it? I think it's probably a 50-50 shout of most people who do or it's don't up there like with it. Sprouts, isn't it? Really? Yeah. Oh do, yeah, but do you sprouts like it or love it. Absolutely. Come on, sprouts are amazing. I mean, yeah, like, so if you don't <laughs> if you don't like sprouts, it's because they've not been cooked properly. <laughs> But things like sprouts, I, I'm not keen either. What? But I know. No, mate, but you I can't mean, not have sprouts. But yeah, so it's one of those things with the things that you don't like at Christmas, you often end up having them, but you just... Yeah, but do it with bacon and, and chestnuts or do it with garlic and loads of butter or do it with toasted almonds or chop them up like thinly, like really finely chop them and like quickly wok fry them, something like that. I mean, they're lush. They're Right. No. <laughs> Caramelised like onions charred. and the reduction of cream <laughs> is lovely. Like redu- chicken stock, reduced down, put through it. I mean, it sprouts, mate. I'm not having that. I'm sprouts are the, the best. You're just like, there's got to be one version. That you're like, I quite like them if they're like really charred and that's quite nice. Burn but sprouts. Not, yeah. I tell you, the best sprouts <laughs> I had, right? I had them in the States when I was doing something out there and it was a guy that de- in a food truck and he deep fries them. So they're, deep, they're called dirty balls, right? And they deep fry them and then they drizzle over a load of like different flavoured mayonnaise so there's these dirty like they are like dirty crispy nuggets of like like fro- fried sprouts and they are amazing are they battered? no just, just fried so the cabbages go charred they're, they're like little charred that. little cabbages that yeah. have been deep fried and crispy on the outside still really lovely in the middle they were made crispy onions on the top okay, bits of bacon bits of little sliced up frankfurt <laughs> with them come on mate sprouts are incredible <laughs> Now, I think the time has come to pull a cracker. Can we pull a cracker? And this is the, this is the one where I end up with all the jokes and hats and Tom ends up with it, nothing. So yeah, please can you try a bit harder it. now. No, lost again. <laughs> yeah, and I have to donate it to him. Me? I'll tell you what, I'll turn it round this time because I think they might... No, this is lost a, again. This, <laughs> this is uncanny. Have we got anything in, in there? I've, I've got... got I've got... A really. <laughs> Which dog always wins the race? Which dog or does always win the race? The one with the comfortable lead. Oh. <laughs> I've also got a sticker that says number one Sprout hater. Well, that's a lie. I lo- I'm <laughs> Sprout lover. Number one Sprout lover. Because when I was thinking about what is the one Christmas tradition that we, I've always done or have been a part of, but growing up, it was on Christmas Eve putting the crosses in the bottom of Brussels sprouts. And I can't think of anything that I do. I mean, well, I don't, you don't need to do that anymore. The sprouts these days are much sweeter, smaller, yeah. fresher. That, that was when the sprouts were grown and they were really big and chunky and needed proper cooking. And I, I can't, I was starting to think, what is something that I do every year, like with fail safe that's every year? And there, it, it, that tradition seems to, I, I haven't got one we've got the sprouts of course haven't we through gritted teeth 
love a sprout. I love, you love a sprout. That's fine. I, I do too. Sprout. I've got the great sprout tops as well. I really sprout tops sprout are delicious. Top. What's the, the sprout top? So the sprout tops are the leaves on the top of the sprout. Oh right, uh, yes. The sprout stalk, yeah. and they've got an amazing flavour. Really kind of really irony, like good green flavour, and they're lovely. Just um, blanched and tossed with a bit of butter and salt and pepper. But I also do sprouts. They're like the most. They're like spring greens on steroids. They're mm, lush. They're I so love good. Sprout tops. Okay, so I know you're upset with me for not being super keen on sprouts, but yeah. what could I serve instead of sprouts? Nothing. Sprouts. Nothing. <laughs> Force yourself. Eat sprouts. I eat, they're all right. Eat, eat I just sprouts. think they're all right. Do you like cabbage? Serve, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, there you go. I mean, cabbage is great. Like, I, I, I love that irony flavour. Like, things like sprouts, cabbages. I love Calvillo Nero. It's beautiful. That you, I mean, sprouts with some grated lemons, some toasted almonds, a little bit of chopped salted anchovy for it. I mean, it's amazing. It's, it's all right to not like sprouts, but I, if you came around my house Christmas Day, mate, you, I'd, be, I'd force feed you them. <laughs> force feeding sprouts aside, the carriages have had many joyful Christmas traditions. I can just imagine the excited face of five-year-old Tom when he found the shilling in his nan's Christmas pudding. What music do you have in the carriage household on Christmas morning? Oh, the cheesier, the better. I'm, I've got to be honest with you, I'm not really 100% into Christmas tunes like because they come too early on the radio. They come too early in the shops when you're round and about and out and about. But actually, on Christmas Day, really doesn't matter. We'll, we'll have one of the music TV channels on, so it'll have the videos with it as well. So I'm quite happily have any sort of cheesy Christmas tunes on, no matter what. And would you have a bit of a boogie at the same time and shift you along to that? Well, you... yeah, my absolutely. You know, if that's where the mood goes, that's where we're going. If it gets in, if there's gaps in between cooking breakfast, getting lunch ready, yeah, then of course, yeah. There's if there's time for a Christmas dance, then no problem. Or do they have things that they would like to listen to that you would rather not? They, they got no choice, mate. They, they, they get <laughs> what's on is on. That's what they, they have to put up with. It. No, Beth absolutely loves Christmas songs and and, and Little Man. And to be honest, it's one of the first things that kids learn, isn't it? Is Christmas carols and singing things that you know, and uh, uh, just being in nursery or going through school, they all learn like those kind of like Christmas tunes. So yeah, it's it's really good fun. It's it's a great day, isn't it? Christmas Day for things like that. But the one tradition that has started to happen is actually my wife baking mince pies with our little man. So that's something that it's, it's just a, a little thing that they do and a run up to Christmas and it's, it's brilliant. And he then takes him into school and gives him to his friends or whatever. Like, and and tr- it's something that connecting with kids and doing a bit of baking. So it's actually not even me. So yeah, so um, maybe I'm the wrong person sat here. Maybe maybe you should ju- you should get Beth in. <laughs> I bet those um those AC carriage uh, mince pies have a bit of a premium at school, don't they? Everyone will want one of those. <laughs> I bet. <laughs> For me, Boxing Day, I actually prefer, I think, to Christmas Day. I love the cold meats. I love pickles. I love bubble and squeak. All of that sort of stuff. I mean, I just, for me, it's just the best day, particularly because you've had a day indoors for Christmas. So Boxing Day, we normally spend it as being a day outdoors. You go on big dog walk, go to a local football match or a rugby match or going to go and see something, wrapping up warm, spending some time outside, then getting back inside for, for some pickles, some cold meats and, and bubble and squeak. And it is just the best day. I love it. I wanted to ask you, Tom, do you have any favourite Christmas movies? 
Mate, who doesn't love Elf? Like, honestly, <laughs> Elf, one of the greatest films ever. Very funny. Just pretty. Yeah, I'm a huge fan of Elf. Do you, do you all watch that at Christmas together? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's brilliant. Yeah, I, I love it very much. And then also, I think from a childhood memory and then go through now, the, the, like the, the, um, the Snowman. You, you oh, know, with yeah. Alan Jones, da, 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 da. exactly. Yep. You know, you kind of remember that as a kid, and then to see that it's still so uh, kind of relevant and engaging into the magical fantasy world of children that they just dream into is it's, it's brilliant, and it's also not too long. So, for a kid's point of view, you can sit there, you can watch it, and it, and it, and it and it's one of those kind of like calming films um, that that sits that scene that you can sit there on the sofa with the Christmas tree lights on and just yeah it's it's but the, both of those are brilliant. Does Ashley want to watch it again and again and again after it? Yeah, after he's, it's he's seen the Snowman loads. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not not quite. Ace is quite full on. I let you. He's not very good at sitting down for a whole movie, but the <laughs> Snowman he'll do once, and then after that he'll want to play Scalectrics. Any films that you don't like at Christmas that that come on? No, I mean, none, none at all. Like, I think it's great. I think it's wonderful. Like, I never get much time to watch movies at all anyway. So if you've got friends and family over and, and then there's a film come on and you, you have got time to sit down and watch it, I love it. That that kind of zoning out, watching a movie, it's one of the only times I get a chance to do it. So it doesn't really matter what it is. I'm a big I'm a big fan of just being able to, to zone out and watch a film, but it doesn't happen very often, which is why I think I'm a, I'm a fan of anything. Anything <laughs> that I can sit there and zone out, maybe have a snooze. But I remember as a child, my nan doing that. And you, you put um, coins wrapped in baking parchment into the Christmas yeah. pudding. And, and you might, and they used to be shillings. I mean, that's how old I am. That, like, I mean, I don't Sixpences as yeah, well. Sixpences or shillings. Yeah. yeah. So I, I, I never used to, I, th I think they weren't being used anymore. But I remember like she had a, a stack of old coins and she used to wrap them in, in baking parchment. And, you know, if you were lucky enough, you'd find one in there. I don't know quite what that meant. That might be your gift at the time, you know, what it represented. I just remember being about five and find, finding a wrapped up coin in me Christmas pudding. There's a kind of choking hazard there somehow, isn't there? <laughs> but it's such a nice idea. I seem to remember my mother um, poking them in after the thing had been unmoulded, then they got poked in the coins, ah, okay. which is probably a kind of shortcut way. Yeah. Um, and they do need some kind of wrapping or cleaning, I would have thought, don't they? Yeah. But it's, a, it's a nice idea. You don't want to crunch on one. Now, I've got a, a question for you now, which is, um, I want you to imagine that it's the middle of the night, you you wake up, you're hungry, um, no one else is around, and you, um, this is over Christmas, so you've got a, a fridge with wonderful things in it. What will be your midnight snack, your little solo Tom carriage? This is, this is for me, no one ever need know about this apart from our podcast audience. Is this pre or post Christmas day? Let's have a pre and a post. Okay, pre Christmas, then it will just be some of the cheese or maybe a little bit of smoked salmon that you might have there for breakfast. So you'll trim that off and it won't be noticed. Uh, the the, the, the it, corner is missing. Exactly. You or the packet's been opened. You, you could take it. Oh, yeah, but no, but it, <laughs> it doesn't matter. You could then rewrap it in cheese paper and just make it look like okay. so cheese. Um, You're going to get away with it. I'll allow that. Easy to get away with. And then post um, is cold pigs in blanket covered in english mustard so like like properly like uh properly like covered in english mustard like it's really hot the the yellow kind the yellow kind the really strong potent comes from norfolk 
quite, and quite often <laughs> at Christmas for us, there's normally, I know in the morning there might just be the three of us, but throughout the day, I, I don't know, we've had to, over 20 people there at Christmas. And you just go, well, at, at some point, you know, we got you got you got to be a little bit organised in the clearing up of stuff because otherwise you'll lose toys, you lose bits and bobs, you like things to go disappearing. And how many times have the label fallen off? You can't remember who sent you this and who's done what. Is uh, there's got to be some form of clearing up structure on Christmas Day, Orlando? Now lunch is over. What happens in the carriage household in the afternoon after this feast? Who clears up? I wash uh, up. You wash up? 100% I wash up. You do all your own washing up? Yeah, and I tell you why, and it's not, and it drives everyone else nuts, right? But I I have to to do it. I have to have the structure doing it because no one else knows where anything goes in my kitchen. So it may well be useful that they're helping, but it's actually not helping because I'll have to go back around after everyone's done it anyway and put it back in all the different spaces. And Like, I just... It's just easier if I just do it myself. And I quite enjoy it. Do you know what I mean? I quite like getting on with it and doing it. And because it's also because I'm a non-drinker. So through lunch, like everyone's had a couple of glasses of wine and they're all having a, and it's cool. And they're all now a little bit sleepy. I'd rather just get it done, get it cleaned up, get it done, job done. Like restaurant mode kicks in, you know, service is done, get cleaned down. As soon as you can get it cleaned down, you can get home. That's it, job done. And then once the washing up's done, I'm quite happy then. I will sit down, watch a movie, do some colouring, go ride a bike. I don't know, arm wrestle someone. Who knows? Play play cards, uh, get in a massive strop because I've lost uh, Scrabble. I mean, who cares? Uh, charades, I don't know. But I, I can't really chill out until the washing up's done. And then do we have a cup of tea and a slice of Christmas cake? 100%, yeah. Tea, Christmas cake, chill, maybe a snooze. And then we wait and see until about nine o'clock and then the cheese is out, isn't it? So do you hang AC's stocking at the end of his bed or does it go over the fireplace with no, bits of coal and there's all that palaver, isn't it, about Santa meant to have been in? We have. We have got a fireplace, but no, we don't put anything... That, there isn't kind of the space to put it above it, but we do, we do leave carrots... Uh, mince pies and milk out for the reindeers. Okay, so that and we put that outside actually, so so that the reindeers can eat it. Uh, and then he gets a stocking at the end of his bed. Uh, and then uh, magically in the morning he wakes up and it's full. How do you structure Christmas morning in the carriage household? Well, it depends where we are normally, but most if we're at home, um, it will be me be cooking, rustling up some breakfast, and that breakfast might be a bit of smoked salmon with some uh, some like some drop scone style pancakes um, that or that might be sweet, might be savoury, um, with some fruit and um, maybe a little bit of creme fraiche. Who knows? Uh, you never know. I might have robbed. A, in a caviar from the restaurant because it's shut for three days and no one will know. Who who knows? But that that's kind of that that's the sort of morning that we'll have. It may be a load of sausages put in the oven and we'll have sausage sandwiches. But that's kind of like the days up. Also because obviously you know I, we have a young son that he, he was all about the presents. So there's no lying on Christmas Day. That's for certain. So it's up. Check if Santa's been. Make sure that you know there's some presents that are opening breakfast and then get on with cooking lunch Christmas tunes on having fun what's the best Christmas present you ever had oh mate do do you know what we're so lucky that most of it is time off got to be honest it's time for me it's I work in an industry where quite often we will be open on Christmas day so when it came to opening the hand of flowers we opened it for the first year 
Um, and then when actually, do you know what? It's our own business. That's it. We're not going to open again on Christmas Day. So the best Christmas present that I've ever had is not working Christmas. So that that that's my happiest time. Yeah, not working Christmas Day. That's really sweet, isn't it? Any? How about the the worst Christmas present that you've ever had would be having to work Christmas Day. Then after that, it is. Although I, I mean, there's a level of Christmas present. One year I bought Beth two new tires for a van. I mean, that's I mean, that's not that's not the worst Christmas present I've received. It's probably the worst I've ever given. <laughs> Tom might not be the best at giving gifts, but this year, my gift to you is Tom's advice on serving up the perfect Christmas feast. This is the thing about Christmas, right? So many people get stressed about what they're doing for people that if there's tricks and tips and things that float about the supermarkets have got, you must embrace them. Don't be embarrassed by them. You know, even, you know, things like there's nothing wrong with a selection box of crackers where you can use um, different things and use them as canapes. You know, put steak tartare up, chop it up, serve it on a cracker, mix together some, I don't know, some some little bits of cheese with some truffle and honey, drizzle it over the top, a uh, bit of cured fish, stick it on a cracker. Like, don't worry about making tartlets or, uh, or, or or little bits of toast or doing, you know, the, if there's things there, crisp breads or things that work to help you, to help make your life easier, use it because Christmas is such a stressful time for so many people. The main thing is, let's get the turkey right. Let's get the roast potatoes right. Everyone will remember the roast potatoes, won't they? Concentrate on getting that right and everything else will fall in place. Apart from buying this farm-raised bird in the first place, how can we make sure that our turkey is juicy and succulent? Please help us. Uh, So... The, the cooking process, getting a turkey, uh, getting a, a, a probe to probe into your turkey to check what temperature it comes to to make sure that it's not overcooked. So if you cook the turkey and you roast it to around about 65 um, and then you remove it from the oven and you leave it to, to then continue to cook, then that residual heat will mean that the bird reaches 70 degrees centigrade, but you, you've, it's got that resting process and the residual heat that's then continued to cook it. But also, because many people think that when you take it out of the oven, what happens is it starts to cool down, but it doesn't. What happens is that residual heat from the outside continues to permeate to the middle before it starts to cool. So if you take it out before it's reached the prime temperature that you need it to be, then it will continue cooking to that point. But I think one of the biggest things that you can do that will help you improve flavor and then help improve uh, keeping the turkey nice and moist and succulent is a brining process. And it's very, very simple. Now you could do it with lots of different flavors. You can add spices and seasonings and everything into it. However, a 10% brine overnight will make a big difference. And by 10%, I mean hundred grams of salt to a liter of water and you just, and you haven't got to boil it. You haven't got to do anything. You've just got to measure out um, a liter of water, 100 grams of of table salt and whisk it together. Now, a litre won't be enough to brine a whole turkey, but if you've used that as a measurement, okay, and you do that and you get yourself a nice big clean bucket from a builder's yard or something or, 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 or a DIY shop, and then you put the turkey in that, cover it with that brine and leave it overnight, okay, so, so on the 23rd, okay, then the 24th, you take it out of the brine and you dry it and pat it dry, Okay, and then you leave it in the fridge, okay, with uncovered so that the skin dries, but it's been through that brining process and that salt process helps to lock in moisture, basically. It sounds it sounds like it's a bizarre um, way of doing things because you think salt would draw moisture, but what happens is it helps lock it in and then you roast the turkey. That way you've got a much better chance of getting flavoured, but also more succulent turkey. 
So, what's your ideal turkey sandwich? What 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 bread have we got there? What relishes have we got there? So, H- how do we do it? I, I mean, slightly uh, a, a, a big, b- beautiful kind of like a, a soft bloomery style loaf is lovely. They're the best ones because uh, not a sourdough because sourdoughs are quite if they're not toasted, they're quite um, firm. And I don't want it to be too chewy. Yeah. Okay. So you want a nice. Kind and you're of... not looking for crust there. No. no you're want... looking for softness. Exactly. You want it softness. Yeah. And I would do like a turkey club sandwich. You do it with bacon. You do it in mayonnaise. You can even stick a fried egg in there if you wanted. It. It's absolutely wow. delicious. Wow. Yeah. And then dark meat or white meat or wouldn't? Or don't you make a great distinction between white them? meat in the sandwich always? But the dark meat would work really nicely if you flake it all up and then mix it with mayonnaise. So it kind of it almost use it as a spread, not a spread, but it's ready mix. A bit like coronation. You can make coronation chicken, but coronation turkey would work really nicely with the white meat. I have cooked the turkey, a turkey on a barbecue before, and the flavour that you get from it is immense. On Christmas Day was that? On Christmas Day, yeah. I'll be doing it on the I'll be doing it on the barbecue this year. Oh, fantastic. Yeah. Come what about if it's pouring with rain? You'll be doing it under under an umbrella or something. No, I've, I've got one of those uh, egg style barbecues where the lids will shut oh. on it. So it will it, it I was will thinking be... about you getting wet rather than the turkey. You've de- well the nice thing about those egg style barbecues, you get them to the temperature that you want. You can kind of shut the valves down, you put the turkey in and you can walk away and leave it. It's just like an outdoor oven. <laughs> and it, it will look look after itself. Exactly. Say this has happened to me that you've got you've made your lovely gravy and you finished it off as you suggested and you taste it and the salt is fine but it just tastes a bit unexciting or flat or dull. Is there anything that we can fix it up with just to to, to lift it at that point? So there's at lots the end? Of, yeah, there's lots of different things that you can do. Um, again, a little splash of alcohol works really nicely, but a little few drizzles of, of soy sauce or Worcester sauce will help make things come alive. A little grate of orange zest or lemon zest, something like that really does bring out and, and, and enhance flavours. And you don't want to put in so much that it actually tastes of that thing. You just want it there as a note. Is yeah, that right? That, exactly. You don't want a tasting of Worcester sauce or, or soy sauce. You no, just... you're almost seasoning with it. So you do it, so you put your Christmas pudding, the steamed and cooked, and you turn it out. And I would do it into a bowl, not on a plate that's got slight lips on it around the outside, okay? Because then what you're going to do is you warm the brandy or whichever liqueur it is that you're going to light, okay? So it's got to be something that's around 40% proof so that it could be whiskey if you wanted it to. It could but be... it would, you couldn't be a, it couldn't be something like Grand Marnier because that's not not strong enough, is that right? No, Grand Marnier would light, but so that it, okay. you... Okay, um, so but... you look for that 40% proof. Yeah, exactly, yeah, exactly. Okay. Grand Marnier, Grand Beauty, they would work also. But, you know, I, I would definitely do it. I would do it as a brandy and you warm it gently on the stove in a saucepan, then light that with um, one of those like can- long stick candle lighters. That would be fine. Yeah. I mean, or a blowtorch if you've got one of those. Whatever it is, you light it there and then you pour that liquid over the top of the warm Christmas pudding. And then if it flows out over the top or over the sides, what it then does is it's then just sat into that kind of like looped up or eared dish. And then as you take it to the table, and if you wanted to, you could then ladle some more of the flaming liquor over the top of it as you sit there and everyone takes photographs and you wait for it to burn itself out. Because if you don't put too much on, you get all the flames, you get all the fun. And then once the alcohol has evaporated, it goes out naturally. You haven't got to throw a wet tea towel over it. Don't worry, (laughs) Okay, it will go out, but just don't go crazy on it. Do you know what I try to do? I always make the 
I'm not cooking anything necessarily fresh on the day. So I'll always try and have like the carrots and the parsnips blanched and the, and the roast potatoes d- blanched but not roasted. Or So you can always still, if the oven, for example, the oven door fell off or, or it stopped yeah. working, you could roast them in the pan or you could do. Um, the, the, the big one is obviously roasting the turkey. However, last year I cooked the turkeys on the barbecue. So I cooked them in one of those egg-style barbecues and they were amazing. So those egg-style barbecues were like, ovens. Do you know what I mean? So they're not just like there's a grill and a flame cooking through. It's a heat that's held in a ceramic shape. And the flavor that you get from it was amazing. So I I always try to make sure that I'm not reliant on trying to get everything done on the day so that there are alternatives. If like, you know, the barbecue isn't going to break, the oven isn't going to break, and the stove isn't going to break all on the same day, you hope. Yeah. Now, how about carrots? What would you do with the carrots? Whole. Keep them whole and cook them in butter, water, sugar, star anise, pinch of salt, and you cook them out for ages and ages and ages until they go really nice and soft. But what happens is the water evaporates, the sugar and the butter begins to caramelise, and you get a lovely kind of glaze and a coat on them. And keeping them whole is a really nice way. It's it's easy for service. It's easy for serving them. But also it intensifies the flavours because carrots are so full of natural sugars as well, and it creates this wonderful, beautiful, flavoursome carrot that is really easy. You just put one or two on someone's plate and that's it. It's job done. How long would that take, do you think? At least 25 minutes, maybe longer. You know, sometimes it could take up to an hour. It doesn't really matter because they can stay hot. If they're cooked, they stay hot on one side and the water evaporates and you just get this kind of lovely glaze that goes all over and the carrots go all shiny and sticky and the flavour that you get from it is absolutely first rate. I'm completely sold on those. What else is on my plate apart from in the way of vegetables? We've got the roast potatoes, we've got the sprouts, we've got honey the roast parsnips. Honey roast parsnip, but again, a little bit like the carrots that will keep them whole. Sometimes people cut parsnips in quarters or half, and when they roast them, they all go a little bit, they're thin at the end and they go a little bit dry. What I like to do is keep the parsnips whole, peeled, and then I'll, I'll blanch them first, a little bit like the roast potatoes, exactly the same. You blanch them until they're soft, leave them out, and then in a tray in the oven, cook them until they get nice and crisp all on the outside and then just deglaze with a little bit of honey right at the last minute. So this honey kind of caramelizes. You've already got this roasted and cooked parsnip. And it again, so you get you could get a whole carrot, whole parsnip, couple of potatoes. It makes it so easy for serving. It makes it so much easier. And Tom, do you do your roast potatoes? Do you actually, you parboil them? Do you actually set them up as well? Cook them all the way through. Cook so them all I the way cook, through. I gently, gently poach them so they're cooked all the way through. So they're softer, they're, they're cooked. Not to the point where they fall apart and they're like mashed, but cooked all the way through. And then I lift them out of the water and I put them onto a cake rack so they steam dry. So that they, is on a cake rack as well, so you've got air circulation all the way around. And that steam drying means that they begin to crack on the outside as they kind of like, uh, as they dry out, they shrink and the outside of it kind of cracks like that. And what happens is that's the bit that'll get all crispy. That's the bit that'll go all lovely and gnarly when you want your roast potatoes. And once they've steam dried and cooled, then put them in the fridge, not covered. Again, the fridge is a dehydrator, right? When it goes in there, it'll dry them outside. That You want them nice and cooked but dry. Then 
your oven on the Christmas day, nice uh, deep roasting tray, thick layer of oil. Now, I always use a straight, clean vegetable oil, not goose fat, not beef fat, not because I'm looking for a clean, crisp flavour. Get that oil nice and hot, as if you were making Yorkshire puddings. Then take the tray out of the oven gently and then put the potatoes in and then back in the oven. Give them a roast. So basically what you're doing now is you're just crisping up the outside of a ready-cooked potato. And then every... 25 minutes, take them out and give them a turn so that they all begin to get, each side gets covered in oil and begins to roast up. And don't overcrowd the tray either. So just get it. So essentially, you are kind of like shallow frying cooked potatoes in the oven, which is roasting them, crisping them up. And they've got that lovely kind of gnarly outer skin where they were steam dried and then left in the fridge to dehydrate almost. Finally, it wouldn't be Christmas without fun and games and terrible cracker jokes, some of which I kind of enjoyed. How does good King Wenceslas like his pizzas? How does good King Wenceslas like his pizzas? It's one that's deep pan, crisp and even. Oh, that's quite good, actually. No, it's not! (laughs) Better than mine. I'm not going to read that out. Um, Well, (laughs) Is that sick? Yours is so bad that you're not going to read it out. Is it this one here? No, no, no. Actually, I don't quite... I don't get it. I don't know. No, I'm embarrassed that I don't understand. Come on, now you've got to read it out. Okay, where does Santa keep his money? A snow bank. (laughs) Is that... Is that funny? Why? A what? A snowbank? A snowbank, yeah. Snowbank. Uh, Maybe it's that bank of snow. I see it. Oh, dear. What a terrible note to end on. And we were, we're having such festive fun there. We've had desserts. We've had figgy puddings. We've had chocolate. We've had chestnuts that we're roasting around our open fire. And we end up with a bad joke. Which of Santa's reindeer has bad manners? <laughs> no idea. Rudolph. <laughs> Could be worse. It could be worse. How about this? <laughs> what carol is heard in the desert? What do carolers heard in the desert? Oh, camel, ye faithful. <laughs> See, it is worse. <laughs> I got a worse joke. What athlete is warmest in winter? What athlete is warmest in winter? It's the long jumper. A long jump. Oh, I see. Got a long jumper on. (laughs) We've had trouble (laughs) with these. You like that one? (laughs) We've had trouble with these jokes, haven't we? I have here. Oh, oh, there we go. Oh dear. Hold on a minute. (laughs) Have we brought Les Dawson back? Now, (laughs) listeners need to know that I have been horrified to find in the studio a miniature electronic <laughs> keyboard where the keys are teeny tiny and I expected to play uh, Christmas Carol on it with with my friends joining in. So I'm going to do you, you're on the bells okay oh, right. and then I'll get I'll the start bells. the singing I'll start the singing and then you jo- please please join in so that the Jingle bells, jingle bells, jingle all the way. Oh, what is it is to ride in Elford Pleasant? Oh, jingle bells, jingle bells, jingle all the way. Oh, what fun it is to ride in a one-north open sleigh. 
I mean, that was... That was lamentable. It, it was number one, I'd say. Uh, yeah. I've got to be honest, I'm impressed with your mad skills there, my friend. <laughs> do, uh, do you think we'd better do that again? No. No. We're definitely not. <laughs> no, no, 100%. I Thank can't think you. That, that's never that was lovely bells. That's that was lovely bells. Well, I hope you enjoyed that performance. All that's left now is for me to wish you a very Merry Christmas from all of us here at BBC Good Food, and we'll see you next year. It's like teeny tiny. Is is it out of tune? Is it slightly out of tune? It's slightly out of tune, but it's tiny. Look, Miriam, it's tiny. Look. It's just sort of slightly. (laughs) My fingers aren't small enough.